Hi, everybody. Normally, we'd get started with the show right now, but this show has a very special guest of mine, Sarah Lynn Dennehy. Sarah Lynn Dennehy, for most of you know, is also my girlfriend and trainer and partner in crime. And I thought it would be awesome to pre-record this, so I'm going to release this episode on the 18th, so that's when all of you guys will be listening to it. And by that time... With plans go accordingly, I will be engaged. I plan on proposing to her coming out on that Thursday. So that's going to be next Thursday. And then that Monday, this episode will launch. So I'm super excited about that. I know I talk in the episode about how she's my girlfriend. But by then, hopefully, if all things go according to plan, she will be my fiance. So just wanted to throw a little bit of good news. And now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I am your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we have a very special guest, Miss Sarah Dennehy. Sarah, for those that do not know, is actually my girlfriend, a nurse, and a personal trainer, all three in one, hashtag winning. Anyway... We would like to hear from her. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello, thank you for having me. So let's start for those that don't know, because obviously I know your whole story. From the very beginning, what was your initial motivation to become a nurse and a trainer? So guide us through step one all the way to the end. So I wanted to become a nurse because I wanted to help people. Um, I always loved caring for people. I thought medicine and science and the human body was interesting, so I wanted to combine it um, all into one career. So I did go into nursing, and I became, I was always interested in fitness, but I became much more involved in fitness when I began learning about the human body, I began learning about diseases, preventable diseases, and I became motivated to promote health before all these diseases um, took place, so. Awesome, love that. So in the beginning, Sarah was a nursing student yes. over in Hartwick University, mm-hmm. which is right near Oneana for those that don't know. And during one summer, I was working front desk at a big gym, and this girl walks in late at night, no salespeople, and I was able to give her a tour, show her around the whole gym. I unfortunately didn't sign her up for a gym membership, which is kind of unfortunate, but you know what? I got her signed up for the relationship package, so I think that's pretty darn good. <laughs> anyway, from there, uh, we got to know each other obviously really well, started dating. I was bouncing around gyms a little bit. I really wanted to get my own studio up and going. And when I eventually did do that, I was talking to Sarah and she was interested in becoming a trainer. So why don't you tell us a little about why you're a trainer and what you do with your current situation now training at Redefine Fitness. So, I am a certified personal trainer. I am certified through NASM. Which is National Academy of Sports Medicine, for those that don't know. Yes. So, I had to go, I had to study, I had to buy textbooks. It's very um, anatomy-based, a lot of a lot of muscles, a lot of uh, bone structure. So, and I did have to sit for a proctor's, proctored exam. Um, so, I did get NASM certified. Way easier than the nursing exam. Yes. (laughs) For those that don't know that. Very hard, but still, yes, easier than the NCLEX. (laughs) So you became a trainer. 
through NASM and you started working with me over at Redefine. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you combine both nursing and training over here at the gym. So one, several ways. One way I am able to combine my medical and nursing knowledge with uh, personal training is I know a lot about the human body, a lot about um, muscles and joints and the uh, musculoskeletal system. So I'm really able to help people work out safely, find the best workouts for them, especially people with um, comorbidities, people who maybe have injuries. I can really help them because I do understand the human body. I also enjoy, I enjoy training because I enjoy working out, but I also enjoy training because I feel like I'm helping people prevent all these um, awful illnesses that I see all the time at the hospital. I feel like I'm making a difference in keeping people out of the hospital later along in their life down the line. I feel like I'm really making a difference in that way and I love combining my love of health with my love of helping people both as a nurse and as a personal trainer. I love how I can combine the two worlds together. It's kind of like the point of why I'm doing this podcast, why I started my company, Preventative Medicine. Fitness mm -hmm. is preventative medicine. Health promotion instead of waiting until it's too late. So tell us a little about what unit you work on, what you do over at the hospital. Obviously, we can't get too much into detail, mm -hmm. but give us a little breakdown of what you see there. So I work in the stroke unit. Um, I've worked at in several different units. I've worked on med surge, tele, I've kind of seen it all, but currently I work on a stroke unit. So I care for people post-stroke. Awesome. And what is a stroke? <laughs> a stroke, there are two kinds of strokes. You can have an ischemic stroke, which is um, having a blood clot block off blood supply in your brain, or a hemorrhagic stroke, which is when you have a bleed in the brain. Well, that sounds horrible in mm -hmm. so many ways. And even to get more basic, just for those that don't know, what is the difference between a heart attack and a stroke? heart attack is in the heart and you have different symptoms. You probably feel maybe nausea, chest pain, um, it's in the heart. And then a stroke is in the brain um, and you would most likely have numbness or tingling in one extremity like on your left arm or have um, left face numbness, right face numbness, You normally one-sided and a droop. So if you ever do have any of these symptoms, don't drive yourself to the hospital, call 911 because you don't want it to get worse if, God forbid, you're driving your car in traffic. And also try to keep note of the time that these symptoms start because for if you are having a stroke, um, you have a window in order to get a clot-busting medication. So try to keep, keep an eye on what time your symptoms start so you could tell the hospital staff or EMS. So try not to panic if you do get any numbness or tickling down your arm and really take note of the time as much as possible. Don't close your eyes, run in a circle, hop in a car, try to think you can make it to the hospital because you might end up hurting yourself and others mm -hmm. or pass out in bathtubs. Definitely try to call 911 first and note the time of death. Yeah, it was bad humor. Anyway, so tell us a little bit, since we got a little bit about the strokes and we know what you do with the patient side of it, why don't we flip the conversation to the nursing side of it? Because that's not something we've ever really talked about mm -hmm. before. Are nurses, nurses in health. So tell us a little about that, how being a nurse kind of affects you personally with your health and wellness goals and what you see throughout other hospitals and other nurses that you know. So as a nurse, I, I understand the stress of being a nurse. I understand how stress can make you just not want to do anything, especially uh, on your days off. I know what it's like to skip meals and when you finally do get to eat, there's munchkins in the break room so you just 
pop a munchkin, if you don't have time to eat, you don't drink water during the day, stress on the body. Actually, a statistic that just uh, I just saw said that 54% of nurses are either overweight or obese. Um, 54%? 54%. That's yeah. more than half. That is more than half. That's actually mind-blowing when you kind of think about that. 54% of nurses are overweight and obese. And this is kind of the same stat for healthcare workers, which I hope you can shed some insight into, is why is that the case? To me personally, if I was in your shoes and I was seeing all these patients that are overweight and obese and then coming in for all these preventable diseases, I feel like that would be encouragement to me not to get that way. I agree. You can't care for people. You can't give to people if your tank is on empty. And I think that's the problem for a lot of us is that you spend so much time and energy taking care of other people, you don't have time to take care of yourself. But people need to realize that you do need to take care of yourself. You are important, especially if you're going to be taking care of other people. You do need to take care of yourself first. Take care of I first. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what they always say? Yes. No one cares more about you than you. That is the most important part. Put yourself as your health as a priority number one. Take care of yourself like you're one of your own patients. Yeah, exactly. What if you didn't tell your patients to take care of themselves? I feel like you'd feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Especially you see the hospital so many preventable diseases while well, genetics does play some role a lot of it is lifestyle so type 2 diabetes hypertension both of which are um, risk factors for stroke being sedentary in your lifestyle making poor diet choices high levels of stress it all leads to cardiovascular issues leads to stroke issues leads to diabetes type 2 diabetes so what kind of advice can you give your fellow nurses to kind of get themselves motivated and get going I would say, I know it's hard sometimes when you have a very chaotic day, it's hard to think about anything other than work, but I really try to take a step back and just realize that you're important too. Obviously, like your patients are important, but you are important. At the end of the day, you need to take care of yourself. And like I said, you can't take care of someone else if you're running out empty and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not healthy and you're becoming pre-diabetic and you're having high blood pressure issues you need to really just focus on yourself. Also, not even cardiovascular health, but also you're lifting patients, you're pushing beds, you're doing all these crazy gymnastic moves at work. Nurses, gymnastics moves. It feels like it. <laughs> nurses are very prone. Nurses, nurses, aides, everyone who works in healthcare, you're prone to a lot of back injuries, musculoskeletal injuries. So it's really important, I think, when I work out at the gym, I focus on a lot of functional movements, a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, core strength, a lot of leg strength, focusing on how to bend properly, to lift properly. I think that honestly has prevented uh, injuries at work. And I think a lot of nurses should also keep that in mind. Injury prevention, that's a very good one for a lot of different. Not even just for anyone really, especially as you get older, everyone needs more functional movement practice. But especially if you're a high risk job where you're lifting either people or equipment, any kind of job uh, that's very physical. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to lift people that are in there. Most of them are probably overweight, I would guess, mm -hmm. because they did suffer from a stroke. So trying to get someone who's 200, 250 pounds, turning them by yourself, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Got to work on those squats there, nurses, and all those uh, chest muscles to be able to push someone over. Core, lower back, everything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I know 
that we talked about the percentage of them, I kind of feel like this is related to stress. Oh, yeah, definitely, I can tell you. So for those that don't know, stress is linked to cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. So it makes your routines eat, makes you crave bad food. Also, if you don't get to eat all day, or you run into the break room at 5 p.m., and you see your salad you packed, or you see munchkins, what are you going to grab? You're going to grab the quick source of energy, the sugar, the munchkins. You're not going to be drinking water. You're going to be dehydrated. It all makes you retain weight. But stress is definitely a major role. So I feel like this would be at the responsibilities of the hospitals and nurses to take accountability for themselves to both pitch in and really change this and try to make the jobs maybe a little less stressful for you guys. Yes, I agree. Also, on your days off, I know I'm guilty of it too. If I work three, four days in a row, my day off, I feel like a slug and I don't want to do anything. But you need to use the time that you do have when you're not at work and you're not crazy stressed and running around like a chicken with his head cut off. You need to really use that time to take responsibility for your health. Maybe take like, sleep in a little bit, but also go to the gym. It really, whatever gets you moving. If you can't make it to the gym that day, just go for a walk, go for a hike, do something for yourself that's gonna help you 30 years down the line. On top of it, I really see the connection between mental health. Oh yes, anxiety, depression. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I know they are higher than the average person in uh, nursing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exact numbers, but we can probably get them for you. A lot of people end up leaving bedside nursing because of the stress. The stress of it, yeah. The mental stress, the physical stress, yes, definitely. All about that quality of life, which is what you're talking about earlier, mm -hmm. how it's important to really take care of yourself and use your off days. I mean, I know a lot of you work in three, four days in a row, and those aren't 12 hour shifts like you're scheduled for. Those are sometimes 13, 14 hour shifts mm -hmm. because you got to stay late giving report. I, I've heard it all. I feel like I'm a sub nurse here. But. <laughs> It's important to make sure those nights you sleep in, get eight to 10 hours of sleep, then the next day wake up and do something for yourself. Mental clarity, go for walks. Walking outside is one of the best ways to reduce stress levels. I'm gonna say that again, walking outside, just getting natural sunlight, being in the environment is one of the best ways to reduce stress levels, increase your mental health. Please, please take that into consideration when you're doing we greatly appreciate you guys and we don't want to see you being one of your own patients exactly when i think of how i want to be in like 30 40 years do i want to be sitting in a hospital bed or do i want to be functional do i want to be walking around playing with my grandkids do i want to be having that good quality of life that i had always hoped for for myself and just really taking steps to get there preventing all these preventable diseases, preventing type 2 diabetes, preventing stroke, um, so that I can stay, have the kind of life that I want for myself yeah. as I get older. Taking the steps now that 30 years from now, I'm not going to regret, oh, I wish I was more physical when I was younger. I wish I ate a little bit better. Maybe I wouldn't be having all these issues. Yeah, exactly. What's the sense of retiring with all these wonderful benefits and pension and then you can't enjoy yourself. Exactly, that's what I, just quality of life is my major motivation. Love that. And then back to the patient she was talking about earlier, how it's important to not be one of the people that comes to see you in the hospital. It's not where you wanna be. Mm. So it's important now to take care of yourself. Just 
what ages do you see with strokes? Like, how young can you be for somebody that's just curious? Um, just without, generally. Without, yeah, without being too specific, people in their 40s, 40s and up. Um, I'm sure there's outliers that are, are younger, but personally, like, 40s. 40s. For somebody who's turning 30 any day now. Less than a month. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, really nerve-wracking. That is only 10 years away to note that I could have a stroke and the rest of my life could be ruined from it. Mm -hmm. I've seen, and I'm sure a lot of you have personally, family members or whatever it is, they have a stroke, then they're wheelchair bound, then mm -hmm. they die, I mean, they could die from that easily. Mm -hmm. You can- Have complications from the stroke. Yeah, maybe just general droopiness that never recovers in your face. You can have residual, you can lose function of your arm, you can lose function of your swallowing ability, you can lose your ability to speak, neurological deficits it, it varies person to person but either way you, you don't want to be at risk for it if you can prevent some of it like I said some of it is genetic um, you really can't get away from but a lot of it you can prevent you want to be able to say that I did what I could to prevent having this terrible illness happen to me yeah I love that awesome so let's talk a little bit back to you because it's probably my favorite topic in the world <laughs> <laughs> so I know you were talking about what you're doing for yourself and what your motivation is about having better quality of life, mm -hmm. but why don't you break down specifically how your workouts are done, what you do with your three or four days on and three or four days off, because I'm sure a lot of people are curious how they should split their workouts up and get a little more specific about what you do and hopefully that can help others. So what I do everyone's different but I am like a very organized person I like my to-do list and my checklist so I like to write out my workouts before I come in I do that for my clients here at the gym as well I like to have a plan when I go in because I feel like that keeps me personally accountable so I think it's about finding what makes you feel accountable it also has to be enjoyable if you don't like working out or you don't like the workout that you're doing you're never gonna keep it as a lifestyle so you let's say I don't feel like weightlifting. Instead of making myself feel bad, go for a walk. Just keep yourself active. Just make sure it's sustainable to your to your life. Um, but yes, I do write write out my workouts, my weight training workouts. I do a lot of hit training, which is high intensity interval training. So I work my muscles as well as my cardiovascular system. I also enjoy running. I did the New York City half marathon, and I'm looking for my next half marathon to run. So it's just switching it up, keeping it enjoyable for yourself. Um, and making a schedule of your workouts. So, like I said, just for me personally, that makes me more accountable. As if I have my workout written, I, I know I'm going to do core on Thursday. Then I'm going to go do core on Thursday. How about just even write your workout up, set an alarm for it, mm -hmm. and say, I have to work out like an appointment Wednesday at 8.30 doing it at. Yeah, it's an appointment for yourself. You can't cancel on yourself. You can't. You, you shouldn't. <laughs> an appointment with yourself. And I just think about, obviously, the cardiovascular benefits, but it makes me feel less stressed. I work on a lot of functional movements, a lot of um, hip mobility, a lot of lower back, um, just a lot of functional movements, too. So even if maybe you don't feel like going, like, bolts to the wall with, like, a really heavy weightlifting, maybe just do a body weight, stretch, work on just functional movements, whatever gets you moving that day. Yeah, so true. And uh, for those that don't know us, we are avid hikers. Yes. 
How many hikes have we done off? Oh my god, so many. <laughs> so many walks. <laughs> so many walks. I uh, I knew Sarah was the one not to make this a public story, and she's probably gonna give me a look. But we did get lost in Jersey one time. Our first trip together. Our very first trip, hiked around New Jersey. I thought I knew how to read trails. He did not. I totally fooled myself. Walked up and down this same mountain about four times. About third, 12 hours, we were, 10 to 12 hours we were walking. Yeah, then we tapped out. Yeah, when the sun was setting, it was getting cold, and we yet again ended up on the wrong side of the mountain. I uh, I caved and hid my pride and called 911. <laughs> so we had to be escorted out in a cop car because they had to come rescue us. <laughs> we had to be rescued in Jersey while hiking. So highly recommend you download something to now map your ones. We use all trails, which yeah. We redeemed points. ourselves. That was like six years ago, by the way, so we're, we're much better now. We redeemed ourselves. Yeah, but guys, if you want advice, that's how you know you found the right girl. <laughs> she stays with you. Even after that, it doesn't. Nothing else matters. Nothing else can get as bad. <laughs> we also do a lot of Spartan races together. Yes. So tell us a little about some Spartan races. I know we did have uh, Mr. Joe here mm -hmm. on a previous episode. That was a lot of fun. Check that one out. But tell us a little about your experience with Spartan races. I love Spartan races. I think they're so much fun. And it goes back to what I said. You need to find fitness that you enjoy. If you dread doing it, you're never going to do it. I love Spartan races. I think it's so fun to, like, run through the mud and, like, climb stuff. I just, I personally enjoy it because it's cardio, it's weight, body weight. You're pulling yourself up over things. I like the camaraderie, too. You go with, like, a big group. Everyone helps each other. I just, I love it. I love obstacle races. That's what we motivate ourselves a lot of the times. We don't want to work out, so every Black Friday we're sitting there and we book for the next year. With bated breath waiting. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, all right, we booked them, we paid for them. So we have to go. Oh, God, we have to go now and we have to make sure we work out. Can't run into a 13-mile beast not ready to move at all. <laughs> definitely not. It definitely keeps you accountable, especially if you have a group to go with. And even if you don't, everyone else that goes to the event, you motivate each other. It's nice to have people that you don't know encouraging you, helping you with obstacles, you help them. It's just a nice feeling. It's like a fitness community. Fitness community, yeah. That's what it's all about. You can always find people that like what you're doing. I tell everyone that, especially a lot of my clients, are like, well, I don't like this, I don't like this, but you know, I like playing tennis. I was like, so get involved in a tennis community. It doesn't matter. People of all different skill levels do it. You're just there to push yourself not to be better than anyone else, just to push yourself. And I think everyone understands that and everyone supports you there. Exactly. And this should be a, a message to the fellow nurses too. Going back to that. Find a group of nurses that likes doing certain things. Definitely. Keep each other motivated, accountable. I mean, I feel like no one understands nurses entirely except for other nurses. You know, people just don't understand. So, being with a group of fellow nurses you understand the struggle you understand the stress and you can really help each other i think yeah exactly try to you've all been through the ringer together yeah. working on those shifts so why not use that do something instead of just going out drinking why not do that and something else yeah there you go a little bit of both life's ups and downs right balance you have to make it 
balance it out. But definitely finding something that you enjoy that also goes into it. Like if you look forward to working out with your group of either your nurse friends, non-nurse friends, whatever, whatever works for you and makes you enjoy working out and you look forward to it, you enjoy the camaraderie, the community of it, you enjoy the social aspect of it, whatever motivates you to exercise, I think it's worth it. Awesome. Love it. So the last note I always ask everybody is what last piece of inspiration can you give to our listeners? Um, I would say don't be your own worst enemy. Only you care about you. Other people care about you, but only you are responsible for yourself. Only you can make yourself do things. Only you can make yourself work out. You, only you can make yourself motivated to exercise and eat healthy. So don't be your own worst enemy. Take care of yourself. Again, you can't care for someone if your tank is on empty. Be your own advocate. Be your own biggest fan. Really just take care of yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. You need to take that responsibility for you. Yeah, so I guess take responsibility for yourself. Make sure that you have that intrinsic motivation to really dig deep inside of you and say, hey, I am doing this for me. You're not doing this for You'll your spouse. You'll think yourself in 30 years. You don't want to look back and, wow, I wish I did things differently when I could have. You want to look back and yeah, be happy that you made the choices that you did. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination.